blowing. And they're coming, and it's going to be nasty, folks. And you, I hope you're preparing yourself because it's not going to be pretty. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, I am joined by my two buds here. We've been doing this for several years now. And, uh, you know, and uh, nobody shot us yet. But, uh, you know, the day's young. And so uh, here we are with uh, – we're going to talk to Cal first because he's out there in – sunny arizona suffering under two or three feet of sunshine so how's it going cal well actually today it's a little bit overcast and windy today for us but we're still we're still enduring at about 77 degrees so can't complain too much oh you poor people i that has to be terrible i know yeah all the way down to 77 yeah i know well How's things in uh, Alabama, D.W.? Oh, they're, they're about the same they are over in Georgia. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, it quit raining. It rained all week, and uh, it's drying out. You know, we're doing okay. Uh, it's a beautiful Saturday. Uh, you kind of tore that first hour up, Mike. You uh, well, well, I want to... Uh, uh, you know, I felt obligated, especially since I had someone, and they will be on eventually. Uh, I've got a promise from them, and it's a surprise. It's uh, I want to surprise the listeners and maybe even surprise RBN with this uh, person. But uh, they have agreed to come on with me, and we're going to have something of a little debate. And so I thought that would be good, but then uh, they had to uh, cancel for family reasons. And so I had gotten an email from this uh, wonderful lady and she's very supportive of our efforts and she's supportive of RBN and but she just was hung up on why not vote locally so I felt like I wanted to try to lay the groundwork and you know stop and think about it folks if this if suddenly and I I still think if they think they're in danger the, the people who run this government I'm not talking about the politicians but if the people who run this country think for a minute, the bankers, the international banking cabal, the chicken slingers, the uh, mini beanies, all of those things. Thank you, BB9. But if all of those people think that there's any jeopardy that they may lose one ounce of control, suddenly you will see Biden or someone, you know, I think it'll be Biden, who will suddenly go the amnesty route and then he will be able to say, but the wonderful Ronald Reagan did it. You Republicans can't be angry at me. And so then suddenly we will have, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, depending on who you read, suddenly we'll have 20 to 30 million new voters. And I see that as a possibility. Um, DW, what do you think? Well, I mean, really, I should have been taking notes. I uh, there was so much covered, and my mind went so many different places. Uh, you're you're such a provocateur, you know. You've been accused of worse, so so. But the uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, the the uh, let's let's take it. Uh, this uh, thing called voting we have uh we have a left-right paradigm uh 
you know, I, I know the people here on RBN and this audience has heard this word before. It's called the dialectic. And that's what that is. It's left, right. It's Democrat, Republican. It is the this conflict between one side and this other side. And then out of this conflict comes this um, compromise, right? Isn't, mm-hmm. that, isn't that what they call it, Mike? They, oh, call, yes. it, they call it a compromise. Well, mm-hmm. what, what, is, what is right in front of your faces, and I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is give you the cornbread version of the translation. I'm going to translate that uh, Republican-Democrat uh, and, and then the legislation – is the compromise. The Republican is the thesis, the Democrat is the antithesis, and the legislative compromise is the synthesis. And then they start to fight all over again on something else. And it just goes on and on and on and on into perpetuity. Now, you're only provided two choices. And I don't know about you, Mike and Cal, but I've always found life to be much more interesting than just, uh, you know, vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> okay. Why Why is it that you only get to have, even presuming that it was had any legitimacy to begin with at all, why is there uh, only two choices? In fact, it strikes horror, abject horror, fear, and, and terror into uh, the the state and its governmental apparatus and bureaucracy, if there's more than two choices, they can't allow that because it allows for too many outcomes. When they can only have, if, if it's an either or, then they can manage absolutely 100% of the time, manage the outcome and the product of that. Now, what happens then in the mind? So we know what they're doing. What happens in the mind of the voter? Well, as you said, they get emotionally invested. Uh, They lose sight of the bigger picture if they ever had one. They pick a side. And they do what water does. They follow the path of least resistance. See, voting isn't an, an act of defiance. It's not an active objection uh you're not disobeying you're not taking a personal stand you're participating and guaranteeing that their outcome is uh valid you give consent to that outcome whatever it is and then you can't have any you don't have any standing to object to it that's what that is you have you have given consent to the very thing that you don't want to have happen, supposedly, whatever side you're on, and, and you can't complain about it. Now, uh, we have to talk about something here. We have to talk about three things. Uh and I, I don't know who falls into these categories, but I can identify the behavior. You have intelligent people, you have ignorance, and you have stupid people. 
And we all know if you're if you consider yourself intelligent, you know that you're ignorant about certain things. Now, the difference between an intelligent, ignorant person is that an intelligent, ignorant person, if the matter rises to enough criticality, an intelligent, ignorant person won't let that stand in his way or her way. He or she will do everything that they possibly can by their own self-initiative to correct their ignorance. That's what an intelligent person does. A stupid, ignorant person will defend the fact that they're stupid and get angry at you when you identify that they're stupid. Stupid people will defend their ignorance. And the easiest way to do that is to vote. That's my opening shot. Well, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, exactly. You you hit the dialectic uh, right square on the nose. But uh, here's the thing. You know, I think every voter who is still saying they've got to vote, and I see this so many times, you know, if you don't vote, Hillary will get elected. If you don't vote, they'll get elected. If you don't vote, it's a vote for, you know, this, that, or the other. It's their playbook. And that's what they use so many times. But the thing that doesn't make sense is if you go to vote to make sure you vote against somebody, that's probably the most idiotic vote you will ever cast. You're not casting a vote for someone. You're casting a vote against the other party. That is exactly exactly the emotional roller coaster they intend for you to be on. And, you know, that's, and it's worked. It works over and over and over again. And so the one thing that has always struck me about voting, and when I realized this, and then I want to get Cal to jump in here, I realized that when I voted, I voted for the government to be able to force the minority who didn't vote the way I did, I voted for the government to use force and extortion and whatever they wanted to against my fellow citizen. And when I finally came face to face, when I stared that monster in the face, I realized that voting was totally wrong. I have no right to give the government the authority to tax you for more money nor do I have the authority to give the government the power to go start a war in another place so that their military-industrial complex banking cabal can get wealthy beyond even imagination. And I think those are the things that finally hit me you know, right between the horns, if you will, and I realized I can't do this anymore. And, you know, 2014, I, I tried to help... I quit voting in national elections in 1992, and then uh, I voted in that one local election in 2014. And when I saw that even in a small rural county that the elections were as fraudulent as could be, and I've got another friend of mine who is a state senator in the state of Arkansas, and I asked him one time, I said, Brian – You've been in politics since for how long? He said since 2002. 
I said, have you ever have you ever been aware of an honest election? And he said, nope. So what does that tell you? Cal, jump in here, buddy. Mute button. There it is. Well, there it is. Mute that button. Was, that was an awesome shot across the bow there, DW. A stupid, ignorant person will vote. That was a heck of a shot across the bow. Um, I'd like to start off with um, DW. You say there were two options. Well, that's because nobody except for Mike and us today are talking about that third option. Um, that third option was brought up once by one James Garfield, who was a president who got assassinated. He brought this up in the House of Representatives two years before he was as president of the United States before he got assassinated. And he said, government is fully aware that they need your consent and participation to maintain its existence. A nationwide no vote would abolish it. The problem isn't government but the people that perpetuate that perpetuate its existence thinking they will change it by voting. So James Garfield pointed out a third option, one that's not talked about it much, one that when we do talk about it, people think we're crazy. Um, but when you stop to think about it, as we're doing here today, and look at it from a moral, a, a moral aspect, the first power granted to the Congress, to this government, is the power to tax. Well, the power to tax, as stated by James Marshall, is the power to destroy. It's also a form of theft. Now, theft, everybody, pretty much everybody will admit theft is immoral. Theft is not moral. The first power granted to this government is immoral. So when you vote, you are consenting and agreeing that we should all be immoral. Is it any wonder where the morals of the people have gone because of that? Well, uh, when the basis, the basis of this country is taxation, is theft. Well, Cal, you know, <laughs> yeah. what, you, what you made me think of was uh, when I heard Ron Paul one time, he talked about his uh, – friend in uh, California who is now deceased, uh, who was a uh, Burt Blummert. He was a gold and silver dealer in California. And I'll never forget Ron Paul telling the story of when he called Burt and he asked Burt, he said, look, I'm thinking about running for Congress in Texas. He said, would you be willing to support me, Burt? And Burt said, no, Paul, Ron, I couldn't do that to a friend. And here's my point. If you elect someone to office, and I'm going to read something here in a minute that was actually printed about a guy who voted for his libertarian friend and got his libertarian friend into office, helped get him into office, and then watched him change right before his very eyes. And that is my contention. People, you may think, you can vote someone into the mafia, and they will change the mafia. But what I'm going to tell you is they will either revert to being a member of the mafia, or they will cease to exist politically or maybe even more, more, mortally. So, uh, DW, your thoughts? <clears throat> well, we're we're just trying to dig down to the 
the real nature of what it is these actions are that you're emotionally hooked into and uh, dispelling some of these um, mythologies. Uh, let me try this one on, Mike, Cal. When you um, identify uh, somebody in the Republican Party, uh, they had these things called primaries. And, and all those all those people in there that are up there, they're a member of a, of a party. They call it a party, a Republican Party. And then on the other side of that, they had this thing called the Democratic Party. Party. <clears throat> and uh, you have their, in their primary and you have all these people standing up there, whatever. Now, who are these, who are these people in this party? Well, wait a minute. Let's ask the question, what is this party? Now, uh, just, you know, kind of roll along with me here on this. Uh, give it to, for the purposes of conversation, the benefit of the doubt. Um, does uh, Cal or Mike, does, does this word term party uh, find itself anywhere in any aspect or part or footnote or subnote or clause or consideration in this thing called the Constitution? Does it? No. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you... You, as this thing called a, this thing you call yourself as a citizen, are limited by some other thing that is outside of being defined in the Constitution as the only uh, choice, and your focus of attention is on this other thing, this thing called a party. Huh, interesting. So, uh, well, if we look at what this party is, it's it's an organization. Well, it's it's a party, so it must be organized, right? <clears throat> and 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 how are these parties organized? What do we know what they call these things after they organize themselves as the Re- Republican Party? What kind of an organization is it? Uh, Microcal, do we, it's a we know? Corporation. Oh, excuse. Oh, yeah. Well, interesting. That's interesting. It's a corporation. Hmm. So, is uh, is it a is it a public corporation or a private corporation? As if it matters. But do we do we know who the shareholders are? Do no. do we know who the board of directors are? Do we know where it actually receives its funding and and intellectual? Um, uh, motive forces. Uh, do we know anything about? But well, listen, listen, people. If you're listening to this, and for this is the first time you heard that somebody, and and provably so, that both of these parties that you're limited to in your choices are both uh, corporations, and you don't know anything about them. Hmm. And you have no you, influence you might... over what they do. Which is why you don't really have any influence over who's standing up there in that selection process. Those 
all those people that were standing up there, whether it be in the city, county, state, federal, theater, have all been pre-selected, pre-vetted, pre-identified. And you hit it exactly right, Mike. Any Anybody that is contrary or independent of those influences at a city, county, state, federal level, financially, politically, or ideologically, will be excommunicated from participating. But now you get to vote for your corporate uh, delegates. Now they call them political parties, but they're political, they're corporate, you're participating in a corporate election. Oh, well said, but if I may, right here at this point, before we bring Cal back in, I would like to read a, if if it might be considered a confession of a man, he put it out publicly. And he said, uh, he said, my family got heavily involved a few years back with getting a dear friend of ours elected to a state-level office. I was in his living room the night the campaign started. He was a man as committed to rightful liberty and as opposed to the status quo as anybody I had ever met. I remember disagreements I had with his campaign manager because he called his views extreme. And he was obviously the underdog in this election. He was the libertarian who was going to take the system by storm. He was going to make everybody mad and then come home after a single term, which is what he campaigned on was term limits. I will run one term and I will be home. And then he said, amazingly, he won. My friend replaced a useless statist GOP do-nothing who had all of the money and the support of the party, and yet we won. And then he goes on to say, and then I watched my friend change. He began to refer to himself not as a libertarian, but as a conservative. He championed some dubious legislation, and he broke his campaign promises. He ran again, which was his campaign promise he wouldn't, but he was reelected. And again, now he is a prominent insider who gets invited to the important fundraising dinners with all of his buddies at the Capitol. So that goes to my point that I made earlier, and then I want to get Cal's comments, is that this guy, just like this one, who got into elected into the mafia, and the mafia changed him. He didn't change the mafia, but suddenly they appeal to his these feelings of, oh, I'm important now. He went back on his promise to the people who elected him, and yet they elected him again. And I think that says more about the people who reelected him after he violated or went against what he promised he would do 
I think that says more about the voter than it says about the person, about the people. What do you think, uh, Cal? Oh, yeah, it, it does speak to the to the electorate, the people voting for him. Sounds like this uh, guy who got elected as libertarian fell victim to Lord Acton disease to me. Yeah, Lord Acton virus. Yes, he did. Just it, you know, for <laughs> I, I don't understand how people can think that they can change this behemoth. I really don't. It, it, it can't be changed. It has to be disassembled, period. And voting just makes it stronger. Voting is a consent. Voting is the lifeblood it lives on. Your consent. Yep. (laughs) Well, this guy also, uh, you know, the same guy, he talked about, uh, he said, uh, he said, cast your mind back to, oh, let's say the last three presidential elections. Now, this has been a few years back, though, although one could certainly go back further than that. The GOP nominated John McCain, a self-proclaimed maverick, the Maverick Express. You guys remember that? Who believed pretty much everything depending on what time of day you ask him. He literally prided himself on his unpredictability on voting. Sometimes he was for freedom. Sometimes he was for statism. You couldn't pin him down because he was a maverick. John McCain was touted to small government types as the lesser of two evils. And even though he was obviously an unstable person, we were supposed to vote for him because if we didn't, Barack Obama would be president. This was the most important election ever, we were told. Hold your nose and vote. It's your duty. The world will end if Obama is put into the White House. (laughs) <laughs> oh dw your thoughts buddy yeah i uh <clears throat> you have to i think you have to reach a certain age i'm not sure for me i had to i had to get over the age of 50 before i i quit listening to that it's the most important election we're ever going to have i i, I <laughs> you know it yeah you know i I don't know. There's there's something about you know you have to go through enough uh, enough of these cycles before you start to catch on. You know, even you know I I used to I was with you, Mike. I used to sort of pay attention to it, kind of, sort of, kind of paid attention, sort of, kind of believed it. You know, I was like I wasn't any different than most people. I don't I don't really think so, and. Uh, I had to, I had to experience the consequences of my ignorance and indifference before uh, uh, any any. Uh, I'm not reporting myself to be some kind of genius or anything, but I had to experience the uh, individual consequences of that indifference and apathy before. Um, uh, any level of intelligence kicked in where I started problem solving and doing my own research and asking questions and using critical thinking and deductive reasoning. It's, that's Those are the things that had to kick in for me before, um, you know, I could uh, free myself from the, 
the uh, the programming and conditioning. So, uh, I mean, I, I understand why people do it. I actually do my, but uh, only they can free themselves from it. And um, what do I, what do I say about that? Uh, I, I guess they're going to have to experience. Some people have to experience. More consequences and harsher than other ones before they come to that realization that they have something wrong and have made a mistake. I guess you know. Oh, big time! Oh, here we go! Break time, guys. We'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Health Simple with Colorado Shilaji. Fact bit number two. In Ayurvedic pharmacology, Shilaji is the king Raza Yoga Vahayana. Razayana is one of the comprehensive disciplines of Ayurveda. It comprises of specialized uses of herbal minerals to achieve the optimum state of health. Razayana is a path to achieve homeostasis and thus retarding the process of aging and the prevention of diseases. Shilaji stands alone as the king herbal mineral over all other earth-made substances. Within Razayana, Shilaji is the ultimate substance that improves quality of plasma and blood. 
Thus, it strengthens and promotes health to all tissues of the body. Legit Shilaji, like Kalrata Shilaji, is as the literal Sanskrit translation implies. Shilaji is the conqueror of mountains and the destroyer of weakness. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. They're burning Georgia down, folks. They burned Georgia down. They burned Missouri down. They burned the South down. They burned it all down. Those guys, those that's the, one of the best bluegrass groups that's ever been formed. Balsam Range, they're back from uh, my neck of the woods up there in Appalachia, and they do one heck of a job. And, folks, if you ever get a chance, uh, listen to them. But uh, now we're going to start back this uh, the beginning of this half hour with a question for Mr. Cal. And Mr. Cal, if we were to elect a really good person, I mean, you know, one of the best people you know, absolutely just stand strong for everything they believe. If we elected them into the Medellin drug cartel, could they stop drug trafficking in America? Absolutely not. Why not? Not Not the job of the Medellin cartel. (laughs) He would be doing his job, so they wouldn't elect him to it. But that's that's an interesting thing, Mike, because this thing called voting, if the people weren't allowed to vote, they would actually see this government for the criminal enterprise that it actually is. Exactly. That was my point in asking you that question. No matter how many people you elect to a criminal enterprise, you're not going to change the criminal enterprise. This government was founded on criminality. It was founded. Its constitution was a criminal conspiracy. It's been a criminal conspiracy ever since for 234 years. But you've got people out there who actually believe they can change it if they elect a good person and put them in the middle of that firestorm well after what 234 years of voting are the people more or less free now oh buddy you hit it (laughs) yeah are you more or less free after 234 years of voting oh cal that's a classic buddy uh that is exactly spot on and you know It hasn't worked, and that is why I go back to the Einstein uh, about insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And And I still believe, and I would like for you gentlemen to address this. I think most people vote. I stated this in the first hour. I want your comments on this. 
and we'll start with DW. I think most people vote because they want somebody to do something that they are either too lazy or too cowardly to do for themselves. DW, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, without question. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, let's, let's just take it apart a little bit. <clears throat> um, you're uh, in, the, in this given situation, you're opposed to uh, the uh, unlawful vagrant alien invasion of interlopers. Let's say you're one of those. Well, you want. You think that you're going to elect uh, Donald Trump or the Republican Democratic Corporate Party uh, executive to uh, impose your will on that. Um, all the while giving consent to if you don't win and, and then you're still obligated and you're going to volunteer yourself to pay them taxes and accept the debt. Okay. Then on the other side of it, you know, if you're uh, if you're a libertarian, liberal, democratic, progressive, uh, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, you're looking for the same thing, but you're not really willing to do anything personally yourself. Uh, you're you're actually just limited. You by by agreeing to the system the way it is and in participation with it, you're limited to just this one act. This is the only act uh, you can do. Now, well, there is another thing. Uh, they will take your um, federal debt notes and <laughs> and credit. You can send them. You can send them what they call money. Yeah, so you can vote or send them money. But you you can't send them as much money as their other corporate funders. You know, can can you outspend? George Soros, can can you outspend the Koch brothers? No, no, you can't. Or so, the old Sheldon Adelson. Or Sheldon Sheldon Adelson. Uh, yeah, he's gone APAC, now. lobbies, APAC. Well, how about APAC? Huh. Yeah, the same APAC, thing. Uh, the mm-hmm. Jew, the Jew lobby. Uh, can you outspend them? No, no, you can't. So, you know, you've you've consented to uh, relegating yourself to being uh, really uh, just giving consent. <clears throat> now, what you could do, there is something you could do. There is something different. You could do something different, uh, but it would take uh, – it would probably be outside of your – your comfort zone. See, that's another thing, people. Mike, people want to—they want to stay with inside their comfort zone. And this is this voting is like political virtue signaling. Okay, great it, analogy. They—they they feel like they've done something, but it's really cost them nothing. Um, and uh, so. Thought I had something else to say about this, but and I do. It's it's about disobedience. You know, I'll, I'll I just run through a couple of these things. Can you comply your way out of tyranny? Uh, no. 
Can you obey your way back into a state of freedom? No. Uh, no. Um, if you are in defiance and objection to practices and principles and platforms and actions of the government, then give me just, you know, ask yourselves out there this question or, you know, just tell me, tell yourself, when have I, what did I do today to disobey the government? So if, if you think that you are what you really are, tell me when you've disobeyed the government. Because um, that might cost you something if you actually disobeyed them. So give it to Cal. Hey, Cal. All right, Cal. Jump on it there, well, buddy. Uh, there might be another category there. And I think a lot of people vote because uh, inside their petty little tyrants themselves, and they want to use the levers of power of government to have government impose their will upon their fellow man. Oh, I think that's spot on. That's spot on. How many Republicans vote hoping that the government will come down hard on those damn liberals? Exactly. It's uh, They're petty little tyrants in them of, of themselves. So that would mean that some people vote because they want government to do what they know they can't morally do themselves. They want to absolve their morality onto government. Mm. Absolve themselves of uh. morality with government. How's that? Uh-oh. Now you've, wow. uh, ma now you've made me go back to uh, this gentleman who is now deceased that I thought so much of. And he and I actually talked on the phone on multiple occasions. I was actually able to take his son on a visit into, uh, or at least uh, one of his relatives. I'm not sure it was his son. I take that back. But to Mesa Verde back when I was in California. And here is what his words said. But uh, Cal, you made me think of this. And he says that I think that most folks share my sense of liberty and social order. And so I shall not address the mindset of the statist. I understand the temptation, born largely of a sense of frustration, of wanting to participate in the political process in order to get persons elected who more closely reflect one's own views. The illusion of a short-term reduction in the rate of increase of state power clouds the longer-term consequences inherent in participating in the political arena. Political systems derive their powers not from guns and prisons, but from the willingness of those who are to be ruled to expend their energies on their behalf. For government power to exist, a significant number of men and women must sanction the idea of being ruled by others a sanction that depends ultimately upon the credibility of those who exercise such power. When we vote in an election, we are declaring by our actions our support for the process of some people 
ruling others by coercive and sometimes violent means. Our motivations for such participation, even if they be openly expressed as a desire to bring government power to an end, do not mitigate the fact that our energies are being employed on behalf of the destructive principle that liberty and social order can best be fostered through the coercive machinery of a government. Unquote. Uh, Cal, your thoughts on that? First thought is coercion is the exact opposite of liberty. Yes. They cannot, they cannot exist on the same plane. So basically government and liberty can't exist on the same plane. So if you want liberty to keep voting, you're never going to find liberty. Ever, folks. Ever. Because they can't exist together. Yeah, the odds on you getting liberty by voting are probably the same as you winning the lotto, right? No, you probably have a better chance of winning the lotto. Because there's (laughs) zero chance of liberty and government ever coexisting (laughs) together for any length of time. Uh, Your thoughts, uh, Uh, DW? I I got you. I got you two. uh, You two smart, uh, intelligent uh, American history guys here. Who was that wonderful uh, founding flounder that stated that we need to uh, that they need to have a government where they could use their coercive powers? I think his name was uh, Little Georgie Washington, wasn't it? Mm Hmm. Yeah. We must have the powers of coercion. Boy, people don't want to people don't want to talk about that. You start talking about the Immaculate George, boy, people get really upset at you. I had two instances of that happen this week. Even one person told me who claimed to be a Confederate, he told me that if Washington had consent of the Congress, he can violate the Constitution. Well, you better you better be careful, or somebody's going to throw a cherry pie in your face. Yeah, I know. He chopped down the cherry tree. Yeah, I'm 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 fully aware of that. That that's true. But gentlemen, before we get too far along here, I wanted both of you. Now, this uh, very very nice lady, uh, she is sincere in her. You know, all of the things, the emails and stuff that I've gotten from her, and she's from up there. I'll tell you her first name. Her first name's Carol. She's from Idaho. And she's the one who wanted to know exactly why that, yes, she understood not voting in a national election because it was hopeless. But she thought in voting in local elections was possibly a good thing. And if it's not a good thing, why not? So, DW, you want to take on that subject here, please? Well, uh, you actually addressed uh, an important aspect of it in your first hour, <clears throat> and it, that these uh, these elected officials, um, if they're playing by the rules, which uh, we find out some of them aren't, or maybe a lot of them aren't, but supposedly uh, they're supposed to take an oath. And they they take an oath that is subordinate to the Constitution. And along with that, they also uh, are required or supposedly through the risk management office of their local 
municipalities, counties, states, they have a, a bond. Um, so, uh, right, right in there, right in that very aspect, uh, their, their, their mission, <clears throat> their, uh, is that they are, uh, accountable to the interests of the constitution, the general, the general government. And if they're not, and they take that oath, then they can be held liable to, uh, if they work in opposition to public policy. Because you see, there's a little something that you didn't know about. Not only did you not know about the Democratic and Republican Party being corporations, there's probably something that a lot of you, maybe some of you do know, but there's a lot of you that didn't know. Is that um, uh, municipals, municipalities, such as a county, city, or town, or for that matter, your school district, they're citizens, and they're also corporations. You did, if you didn't know that, did you? Did you ever drive around and see those little signs here and there and everywhere that said you are now entering the incorporated city of, uh, uh, you know? <laughs> Podunk Center or something, you know. These are all corporations. Yeah. And <clears throat> so um, in that, they have to align themselves with public policy. And this is why during the uh, <clears throat> COVID scam with the safe and effective experimental MNRA genetically modified uh, chimera transhuman injections <laughs> that result in spider veins, <clears throat> which is why these uh, county, cities, states, and municipalities uh, were advocating for this because this was public policy and it was being enforced through corporations. That's, those, those are those are two good reasons. They're, they are subsidiaries and subordinate to the central government. Well, that's the point I wanted. A, that's what I wanted yeah. to hear, DW, is no matter local, if it's a small city, if it's a small county, regardless of who you vote for, they are subservient to the U.S. government. So they really, their powers... They have they have power. Their powers are totally limited by the federal government. Is that what by, you're saying? By the by the grant of their corporate charter, mm-hmm. by, they're they're limited in their scope and purview by their actual corporate uh, uh, incorporating papers of their charter. They're limited, and and need to be in compliant and subordinate. It's it's. You know, you can, you know, a rose by any other name is still a rose, as Mr. Shakespeare so uh, wonderfully used as a uh, metaphor. But um, if you if you were to take this federal, central, general government superstructure 
and then the state, and then the county, and then the municipalities, and all the other. Of course, these are all corporations, and as they spread out lower and lower and wider and wider, you would, and then if you took a, a, a parallel right beside that, if you took a, um, a an organizational chart of the uh, uh, Middle Ages English feudal system and put it right beside it, you would see the same thing. The Absolutely. Changed, but the organizational structure is identical. Absolutely. Well, let's get Cal to chime in on that uh, subject uh, about local elections, please. Well, first off, DW, he, he pretty much now that when he, you know, described out from the federal government on down, I was going to ask him, DW, what did you just describe? And he would have told me it's a feudal system because that's exactly what it is. And in a feudal system, where are the people at? DW, the bottom. We're the bottom or the serfs. So all we're doing is consenting to a feudal system when you vote. You're consenting to be a serf. And this is is by design, folks. In a letter to Washington, Madison wrote to Washington prior to the convention that the intention was to make the state subordinately useful. They accomplished that with the supremacy clause. That's why it's there. It makes the state subordinately useful, which makes the county subordinately useful to the state, which makes the town or city or township or whatever else subordinate to the county. It's a giant feudal system. And your vote continues this feudal system. But Cal, you, you made me think of something, buddy. Yeah, which you always do. You're always making me think. And so in the feudal system or in a, a in a monarchical uh, system and in that uh, in generally speaking the the legal and and the power structure of a feudal system the king which was at the top or king or queen would choose their vassals and subjects in the system that we have now with uh, voting you get to register your vote for who your master will be. And uh, that's an interesting little spin on it. Ah, You get to register your vote for who they want for your master to be because your vote really doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah, you get to you get to do that and then and then at that point uh, you've given your consent, and then you can bellyache and gripe and and lament all you want, but it's irrelevant. Uh, you've given you've given up your uh, identity in a proxy a proxy vote, uh, much like you did if you were an employee in a larger corporation. I'm sure there's people in the audience, or maybe even you guys, who've been a part of a, a, a corporation or an employee thereof, or a stockholder in a corporation, and you get a mailing in the post, and they say, well, we need you to fill out this and and delegate your votes to as a proxy to this other person who will vote for you. So it, it amounts to no more than a, 
at the at the very best, it's a proxy vote in a corp in a corporate election for an executive. You notice they calling the executive. So, uh, um, I, I'm I'm just trying to you know define and lay these words and word terms and meanings out for what they actually are. Okay, I'm tr- we're trying to. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry about anything. We're just removing the the emotion and the mythology from what you thought was uh, uh, this uh, this uh, a wonderful God inspired process. Cal, I just say DW. Yeah, we're removing the romanticism of the mythology known as the American experiment. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got about 30 seconds to break time, guys, and um, that'll be at the top of the hour. And, folks, I hope that we have been able to address this. I know that there's some people who are going to reject this out of hand because they don't like it because it's an emotional decision, not a logical decision. But if as long as you think emotionally, you'll be forever a slave. If you don't start incorporating logic into your thought process it just ain't gonna work come on last rebel support rbn folks Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. Listening to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.